Mark chapter 11, Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 11 is where we're going to begin today. And this is what it says. It says, when they approached Jerusalem at Bethpage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and told them, go into the village ahead of you. As soon as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it. Come on right there. He said, the Lord needs it and we'll send it back here right away. Verse four says this. So they went and found a colt outside in the street tied by a door. They untied it. And of some of those standing there said to them, what are you doing untying the colt? They answered just as Jesus had said. So they let them go. They brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes on it. And he sat on it. Verse seven. And many people spread their clothes on the road and others spread leafy branches cut from the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted this. This is a beautiful shout. Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. It goes on to say this in verse 11. He went to Jerusalem and into the temple and after looking around at everything, since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Today, as we continue on in our series, Sacred Eight, I wanna speak to you from the subject, the point of no return. The point of no return as we look at Palm Sunday and this sacred moment leading up to Good Friday and ultimately Easter. Will you pray with me just one more time this morning? Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your presence right now. In this moment, as we dig into your word, I pray that you would challenge us, that you would change us, that you would transform us, that you would speak to us now. We all need your voice. We do not need Jason's voice, we need your voice. So may your voice be loud in our ears and in our hearts right now. We give you this space, move, have your way right now in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, and if you're commenting online, just give me a shout amen. If you're in your living room, shout amen. Come on, this is what it's about right now. I don't know if you've, ever, if you've ever thought about this before or maybe thought across your life. Has there ever been a moment where you crossed the line and you knew you'd gone too far, that there was no returning from the line that you had just crossed? Now, for some of us right now, that, like, that imagery, that, that statement can paint a picture of like, you remember some decisions that you made that you probably shouldn't have made. You crossed the line, you went a little too far, but maybe there's some other moments where you've made decisions and there were positive decisions and you knew like this line right here that I'm crossing right now, there is no returning back. There is no going backwards. Have you ever passed the point of no return in your life and you knew there was no going back? I'll never forget a moment in my childhood where my dad took us camping and um, we were kind of running around the woods and looking for things to do and we came up to this cliff area that was uh, in the woods and at the bottom of this really massive cliff was a lake. And I'll never forget watching these teenagers and young adults, they were running and they were jumping off this cliff and I, I couldn't tell you how high it was but I still remember it being massively high to me and enough to freak my father out about the size of this cliff. But I'll never forget watching these young adults and these teenagers run and jump off the cliff and so, I can't remember how old I was, but I was young enough to know that I probably shouldn't have been doing what I was about to do. And so I, watching them, and I'm the type of person that has a tendency, and I don't know if you're like me, if you're online this morning, come on, if you're like me, I have a tendency to think after I decide to do something. 
There's no thinking in the decision making. There's just an impulse and then I go for it, right? And so I remember getting, running backwards to this, to this point and, and staring down the edge of this cliff and then all of a sudden, it just, my mind said, run! And so I took off running for the front of this cliff and then I realized in this moment that I had no business doing what I was about to do. Come on. That I had no business running full bore at the edge of this cliff. But I, I distinctly remember this. In my mind, as I'm running, as I'm pacing forward, this thought through it through my mind. There is no going back from this. And as I'm running, I cross this threshold in my mind and in the space between me and the edge of the cliff, I cross this threshold and I remember thinking to myself, this is the point of no return. You either have to jump or you're gonna hurt yourself trying to stop. And so everything was going all the adrenaline was pumping and I remember just leaping off that cliff. Like you see the movie, just just taking off and these teenagers on the side and they're like, Wah! like yelling out. And my dad's on the other side over here and he's going, no. Right? There was this moment that I realized that I had crossed the point of no return. You'd crossed the line. You'd gone too far. There's no coming back from this. And all these statements, they elicit different thoughts and feelings and memories and emotions. And for some of us, those statements represent moments where we weren't proud of them. Yet for others, it was that moment that we decided to open that business. It was that moment we decided to propose. It was that moment that we decided we're gonna start having kids. It was that moment that we decided we're gonna plant a church. It was that moment that we decided that I'm gonna go back to school. Come on, like there's all these different moments and, and, and I've crossed the line. And here we stand today in the midst of Palm Sunday and we are looking at such a moment for the life of Jesus and his little motley crew of disciples that he had running around with him. See, Palm Sunday represents the proverbial line in the sand that Jesus would cross as he would advance towards the ultimate purpose for his life, death, burial, and come on somebody, eventually, resurrection. Palm Sunday was the point of no return. Now this location, the sixth sacred moment, finds us in Jerusalem at Bethpage in Bethany near the Mount of Olives. Um, one commentary tells us that the Mount of Olives is across the Kidron Valley and directly to the east of Jerusalem. Its summit and western slopes afford a marvelous view of the city, one that you can walk today. The Bible Knowledge Commentary says this, an exposition of the scriptures tells us that less than a mile southeast of Jerusalem was this village of Bethpage. And about two miles out was Bethany. And on the eastern side of the Mount of Olives, a high ridge about two miles long, known for its many olive trees. This was not an unfamiliar area to Jesus as well. In fact, we know that Bethany was the last stopping place on this desolate and unsafe road from Jerusalem to Jericho. It was the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, which generally served as Jesus' stop as he would journey around doing ministry. Bethany was also home to Simon the leper, who Jesus would heal. Here's a side note, because as you listen to the description of this area and this desolate moment, if we're not careful, we can miss some of God's greatest miracles because they are done in neither the most familiar or the most frustrating of places in our lives. Let me say that one more time. They are done in either the most familiar and most frustrating places of our lives. 
Palm Sunday was the beginning of a sacred procession that would take Jesus and his disciples through a series of moments that they would not be able to come back from. This moment, they were crossing a line. They were saying, we are going to step in to this moment. We're gonna step in to this destiny. Jesus was stepping in to ultimately where he knew he was going and that would be his death. Think about that moment for a second. That the miracle would be done in this frustrating place. The match had been struck, the fuse had been lit. Palm Sunday would ignite a chain of events that would rock the disciples' lives and take the life of Jesus. And I think sometimes we can focus on Palm Sunday from the aspect of everybody running around shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And that's an awesome moment, that's a worship moment. Much like we were doing right here. And, And come on, how many of us have heard that message before? It's a beautiful message. And we hear about them spreading palm leaves and laying their clothes down. This is what you would do, in fact, if you were welcoming a king into proximity. So there was something in the people in this moment that knew who they were welcoming. But I don't want to focus on Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest today. Many of us have heard that message before. I want to focus in on a different angle because here's the deal. We are living in a crazy moment right now. And if we're not careful, we can try to stay to hype and we can try to stay to encouragement. And those are great things. We all need those. We all need some K-love in our life right now. Positive and encouraging. And man, I want to worship with you and I want to shout Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. God save us is, is how many would originally see this word in its meaning. But what I want to focus in today is I want to focus on this line that Jesus was crossing this Palm Sunday to march towards his death. Think about that. What a hard moment. Like if you were Jesus, come on, thank God that we're not. But if you and I were Jesus, there, there potentially is this wrestling match that goes on in our, in our minds as to whether I want to cross this line. And if we dig a little deeper and look just a little bit harder, we will find that there's some very important truths for us to grab a hold of that are found in this short yet very powerful moment in the life of Jesus. And that's what I wanna do with the remainder of our time today is I wanna take a look at three truths that Palm Sunday provides to us that I believe are especially important for us to understand right now in this moment that we find yourself in. So come on, I need everybody just to lean in a little bit, get on the edge of your couch, get your notebooks out. I got my notebook right here. Come on, get your notebooks out, get ready, because I, I wanna look at some powerful truths that I think will transform our understanding of this, this Palm Sunday. Here's the, here's the first truth that I want us to understand today is that provision is found in the approach. Come on, somebody, not the retreat. Provision is found in the approach, not the retreat. Let's go back, Mark chapter 11, verse two. And he told them, go into the village ahead of you. Come on, ahead of you. As soon as you enter it, you will find a colt or a donkey tied there on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. See, Jesus would go riding in on the, in this procession moment on this donkey. He did not have this donkey before he arrived. He found this donkey and got this donkey and obtained this donkey only in the advancement of the vision for his life, only in the advancement of the destiny on his life. See, provision and the provision you and I need, it is not found in the retreat. It's only found in the advancement. 
And I gotta be honest with you, there's moments right now in this place and in this space of my life that I feel like retreating. Come on, can we talk this morning? Like internally, I feel like retreating. I gotta tell you, Saturday, yesterday, I was frustrated. I had some frustrating moments yesterday. Not because of anything that was happening around me, but because of everything that was happening in me. Erica's like, hey, are you all right? And I'm like, I'm just frustrated. <laughs> just frustrated. You ever wanted to do that before? So we had a beautiful night. We calmed down and we, we made dinner, made some steak. Praise the Lord. We sat down with the family. We put the phone away. Went outside and we made a fire. And we just hung out for a little while. And I gotta tell you, I slept the best that I've slept last night. I slept the best last night that I've slept in a couple weeks. Why? Because I made a conscious decision sitting around that fire last night that I'm gonna keep on advancing. That I'm gonna keep on going. Some of us right now, we just wanna give up and we wanna settle in. Come on, don't, don't give up. Don't, don't settle in because this is what I've found. Provision is found in the approach, not the retreat. Many of us had plans. Many of us had desires. Many of us had, had things that we wanted to engage in in 2020, I saw this meme the other day. How many of you would agree with you that memes right now are top level? There has never been a better generation of memes happening than what is happening right now in this current moment. But I saw one the other day where someone, someone posted, they said, can we just unplug 2020 for a second? Like wait 10 seconds and plug it back in. Can we hit reset? You remember the old reset button on the, like the original Nintendo? Many of you probably don't, I do, I'm dating myself. When I didn't shoot enough ducks during duck hunt, I needed to hit reset and get started again. Well, and that's how I feel. Can we just hit reset? The truth is this, is that provision is not found in, in the retreat, provision is found in the advancement. That's why Galatians 6, 9 through 10 says this, let us not get tired of doing good for we will reap at the proper time if we what? Don't give up. And therefore, as we have opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially for those who belong to the household of faith. See, provision is what we find when we do not give up. As we advance, as we move forward, as we press, I wanna encourage you to move into the press today. Press in to the hard moments. Press in to the difficult moments. Press in even when you're discouraged. Press in even when everything is pressing against you. Come on, can we be a church? Can we be a people who are faith-filled and we press? And here's the, here's the caveat to this, is that we do this very much aware of our situation. Think about where Jesus was headed. The donkey that he would ride in on on Palm Sunday was not just a gift to enjoy, think about this, it was the apparatus that was leading him to his death. The provision that was given to Jesus in this moment, this provision was a part of his destiny. And that's why provision comes when we advance, is because God gives provision that is connected to our destiny. It is not connected to our retreat. It is not connected to our giving up. The provision that God has for you, and I gotta declare this morning that he has it for you. It's just connected to you deciding right now, I'm gonna keep on going. Man, I don't like doing college online right now. Keep going. Man, I don't like doing church right now. It's hard. I want to be around people. I know. Trust me. I am an extra, like I am extrovert to the tenth degree. This is killing me right now. It's hard for me to want to go to hug somebody. 
And they just lock up. Many of my team know that. I just want to hug you right now. Can we make it really weird and awkward on TV right now? I just want to hug you right now. <laughs> right? We got we to gotta press forward. See, the provision was there for the advancement, not for his retreat. Listen to this. What you and I need from God is not found by way of not experiencing what we are experiencing. Provision, whatever that provision may be, is found in continuing to move forward into all that God has for us. What do I mean by that? Many of us ask God to provide, then we will step. God's saying step, and then I will provide. There's a difference. See, many of us, we want the safety and the security of the provision rather than the miracle of the provision when we step out into what God has for us. Here's, here, here's another way to look at it. I wanna encourage us today not to retreat. We are not a people called to hang back and cower. We are a people called to trust and move forward even when pain is a part of the promise. We can take ground in hardship because ease was never our promised portion. Did you hear that today? Ease was never our promised portion. The triumphal entry, this moment, Palm Sunday, was a paradox to Mark, the author of this. Mark's Roman readers, because they were only accustomed to the Roman triumph, which stands in stark contrast to the king riding in on a donkey towards his impending death upon a cross. Think that the king rode in on a donkey. Yeehaw! What king rides in on a donkey? And don't you think the provision should have been different? You would think that this king riding towards his ultimate destiny, that the provision should have been this massive Clydesdale horse, you know, and he'd just come riding in and everybody's shouting and praising and yelling Hosanna. How interesting that the king of the universe rode in on a donkey. Sometimes the provision is not what we want it to be. Sometimes the provision is not what we think it should be. Sometimes the provision is simply the provision so that God can get you to move from point A to point B in your destiny. So here's the deal. Provision is found in the approach, not the retreat. Don't retreat today. Number two, here's the second thing I want us to hear today is that faith in the moment will many times be misunderstood. You see, that faith in the moment will many times be misunderstood. Mark eleven three 3 through 6. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Think about the statement. Why are you doing this? Say this. The Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here right away. Could you imagine that's the answer you're told to give? How many people would look at you like you're crazy? The Lord needs it, I'll bring her back. Right, as you like take their Honda Accord, the Lord needs it, I'll bring her right back. <laughs> you wouldn't take a Honda Accord, you'd take something else, right? <laughs> the Lord needs it and they'll send it back right away. So they went and they found a colt outside. See, faith in the moment will many times be misunderstood. Come on, if, you, if, you are, if you're paying attention this morning, raise your hand, lift your hand if you're with me, just a little therapeutic moment all across our online church today, have you ever been misunderstood before? Especially when it comes to faith in something. And, and it doesn't even have to be Jesus, right? It can be your sports team. Come on, Dallas Cowboy fans, right? Some of you will get that online. Man, these jokes are awesome when there's people here. <laughs> it can be your sports team or, or maybe even your ability to, to do something. Right? You can, you can many times, there's, there's doubt in the moment when we're looking at what is in front of us because faith in the moment many times is misunderstood. 
Have you ever been misunderstood before? Have you ever tried to do something? Have you ever stepped out into something and had people go like, really? That's like, that's what you're going to do? That's what you're going for? You're really going to try to build that business? You're, you're really going to, you guys are really going to get like married? You're, you're really going to start having kids? You're really going to follow Jesus? You're really going to try to buy a building in the midst of COVID-19? You're really going to try to build homes in Mexico for people who do not have them in the midst? You're going to try to raise money right now? You're going to try to do all these things? Like, you're going to keep on advancing? That's crazy. Come on, how many of you know that faith in the moment is many times misunderstanding? Can I just encourage somebody today that misunderstanding is always a part of faith? Why are you doing this? It's a question I ask to my son all the time. Why are you doing this? (laughs) Can I just tell you today that there's going to be faith that is required of you in this moment right now that for so many people will be misunderstood. By family, friends, coworkers, come on, general culture and society. We are going to be misunderstood when we have faith. But here's what I want us to hear today. Faith should never be dependent upon the situation, but rather the supplier. Our faith should be dependent upon he who supplies. Second Corinthians 9, 10 through 15 says this, now the one who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will also provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. So he's gonna provide and he's gonna multiply, right? You will be enriched in every way for all generosity, which produces thanksgiving to God through us. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the proof provided by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedient confession of the gospel of Christ. So this is what Paul's saying. He's saying, listen, when you live by faith, regardless of the moment, people will see Jesus. When we live by faith in this moment, people will see Jesus. When we try to love on our neighbors in this moment, people will see Jesus. When we provide things for fireworkers and police officers and single moms and people who do not have right now, people will see Jesus. When the church takes over the online sphere of our world, people will see Jesus. And we may not be in our buildings right now. We may not be in our locations right now, but come on by our faith right now. People are seeing Jesus. And that's what I love. Faith is going to get mishandled at times. People are not going to understand why you got so much joy right now. Why do you have so much energy right now? Come on, somebody. Why do you have so much peace right now? Why do you have the disposition of one who's already conquered right now? Because my Bible tells me that I'm more than a conqueror. My Bible tells me that he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. That he who is with me, man, nothing can stand against me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Now, let's just take a theological break for a second. That doesn't mean that I won't get sick. That doesn't mean that others around me won't get sick. 
Because sometimes that we have to realize that our faith is more than, than what we need to have for this temporal moment. Our faith is connected to eternity as well. There's a greater storyline that's happening. And so many times we look at what is right in front of us rather than what is beyond us. We have to remember that this Palm Sunday was about a king who was marching towards eternity, not trying to overthrow a Roman leadership structure. I hope you've been enjoying these, these sacred eight moments because these are the sacred moments and, and that's what was happening. That's, that's, the, that's the juxtaposition, if you will, that was taking place in this moment with Jesus is because he's strolling in. I want you to get this picture. Think about this for a second. Jesus, the king of the universe, savior, right? He's rolling in on a donkey, right? He's rolling in on this little pesky donkey, not flashy, not even that fun. They're kind of goofy looking, right? And Jesus is rolling in and he's sitting on it and people are throwing clothes over it so he can sit. And then they're throwing clothes on the ground and, and palm branches on the ground and they're shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. God, save us. And they're hearkening back to some of these Old Testament moments as kings would come in to their land, when kings would come into their homes, when kings would ride in with this procession. But here's the interesting thing, is that many of those people that were shouting praise and worship to God, they thought he was riding in to overthrow what was oppressing them when Jesus was riding in to overthrow the one who would continue to try to oppress for generations and generations. See, Jesus was riding in not to come take over a natural throne. Jesus was riding in to make sure that the enemy knew he was defeated and he can not win over this people. That's what I love about this moment. And so many of us are seeing two different things happening right here. And Palm Sunday just says to me that Jesus crossed the line and he said, listen, I'm not just here to take care of what you see in front of you. I'm here to take care of an eternal thing. I'm here to take, take care of an eternal issue. This is what faith in hard moments does is that it causes thanksgiving towards God. Our faith right now has the opportunity to reach people and point people to Jesus like never before. Here's the third thing that I want us to understand today. Last thing is this, is that sacred things are always the product of surrendered things. Say that one more time. Sacred things are always the product of surrendered things. They brought the cult to Jesus and threw their clothes on it and he sat on it, and many people spread their clothes on the, on the road, and others spread leafy branches cut from the fields. It was in this moment that Jesus was being prepared as a sacrifice. We're gonna walk towards Good Friday this week. We're gonna take communion together as a community, no matter where you're joining in from. And it's this moment right here that Jesus would cross the line to get us to Good Friday where we would ultimately, in this backwards sort of way, we would celebrate the darkest moment the planet's ever seen. This great gift, Jesus. Gifts are only great gifts 
when they're sacrificial gifts. And sacred things are always the product of surrendered things. I was talking with a bunch of pastors this week on Zoom. Come on, how many of you are sick of Zoom? I'm going to throw Zoom out the window and watch it go Zoom. (laughs) So we're on, talking on Zoom, and everybody's discussing Easter and Good Friday and Palm Sunday. And somebody asked this question, a buddy of mine in Florida, and he said, um, he said, hey, how are we addressing How are we addressing some of the truths that people are facing right now in their homes? And I want you to think about this. And I just want to be, I just want to level out with everybody this morning. Um, Statistics would say right now, and a lot of articles are being produced, that domestic violence has gone up in this moment. Right? Alcoholism, gone up in this moment. Drug abuse, gone up in this moment. Because people are like, in their homes, they're confined, they're isolated, they're getting twitchy. There's stress, there's pressure. Right? And for a lot of us, we, we think that we have to get outside of the press in order to experience the miracles of God. And as I was thinking about it this week, I just want to encourage you, if you're at home right now and your stress level is here and your anxiety is here and you're fighting that demon that's in your closet, if you're fighting that demon of alcoholism right now or there is just tenseness in your home and all of this stuff is going on, can I tell you that right now your home that's potentially the darkest place that you're in right now can be the most beautiful place right now because sacred places are where surrendered things happen. Right now, I can surrender alcoholism in my living room. Come on, you can be freed right now in the name of Jesus. You do not have to be a slave to that anymore. Your addiction can be loosed right now. Your infirmity can be healed right now. Your anxiety can be lifted right now. Your doubt and your fear and your depression can be lifted right now. And all I have to do is just take this moment to say, God, once again, I'm gonna surrender it to you. I do not have the lights. I do not have the worship team. I do not have the screens. And can I just tell you, you don't need it right now. Where Jesus is at, where Jesus comes riding in on a donkey, everything is possible. Sacred places happen by way of surrendered things. And it was in this moment that Jesus would cross the line and he would surrender. He would move in such a direction that he would not come back from it. It would set into play a motion of events that would take them to Good Friday and would take them to Easter Sunday eventually. But they didn't know that. Think about that. They did not know that that was their space. They didn't know that that was their reality. All they saw in this moment was a king riding in on a donkey. And right now, you may be sitting in your apartment. You may be sitting at your college dorm. I don't even think it's allowed right now. You may be at home with the parents. You may be at home in your kitchen or your living room and it feels like Jesus is riding in on a donkey but can I tell you right now it does not matter what he rides in on he may be riding in on the internet right now but he is for you he is not against you he loves you he is with you I'm going to close with this quote Um, our LDP students our leadership development students have read this book. Um, 
I read this book earlier this year and man, I don't know if you've ever read something and you kind of just store it away <laughs> and you kind of, oh, that was like a, that was a great quote in the midst of a bunch of other quotes. And so this quote um, was given to me this week by um, one of our team. She sent it to me and she said, hey, I think, I think you might need this for your, for your study right now. And I said, all right. So I looked at it and it was like it leapt off and it was like, God was just saying, hey, can you please make sure that you tap on this? I want you to listen to this. So it's God is not alien to the circumstances of our lives, but comes to us in them. Our challenge is to unmask the divine in the natural and name the presence of God in our lives. It is relatively easy to meet God in moments of joy or bliss. In these situations, we correctly count ourselves blessed by God. We've experienced that for the past few years. The challenge, the challenge, David G. Benner would go on to say is this, the challenge is to believe that this is also true and to know God's presence in the midst of doubt, depression, anxiety, conflict, or failure. But the God who is Emmanuel, God with us, is equally in those moments we would never choose as in those we would always gladly choose. Richard Rohr reminds us of this. We cannot attain the presence of God. We are already totally in the presence of God. What is absent is our awareness. And I read that the other day, and I wanna encourage us that we do not navigate life by way of natural light, but by the way of supernatural awareness. God, King, friend, riding in on a donkey, riding in in a way we never thought he would ride in to bring hope, to bring peace, to bring joy, and ultimately to bring salvation. And I don't know where you're at today, friend, but can I just encourage you in this moment? This may look like a donkey moment, but the one riding the donkey is the king. The one riding in this morning, in this moment, right now, he's over everything, he is in everything, and he will work through all things in Jesus' mighty name.